By some strange twist of fate, Cotton Dearborn has found himself on Iathra, the home planet of his alter ego, King. But in true Cotton fashion, he simply moves forward and tries to find solutions. Will he make it home? Are these friends or foes? A cup of coffee with cream goes a long way, I guess. A holy alien world awaits our good friend Cotton Dearborn in our first episode outside of Renaissance City. You are awakened by the sound of rushing air and a heavy impact. You can hear the the window in your room um, vibrating from the wind. What do you do? This is on Iathra. Uh, yes, you awaken in the in the bedroom in on Iathra. Um, okay. After your interaction with Star. Holy shit. Cotton gets up and uh and and runs to the other room to check and make sure there are no casualties. You head out of the bedroom, the door slides open in front of you. Um and as you make your way back into the kitchen area with those wide with the the wall of 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 windows um that you know, you can see out onto the city, out onto the back uh patio area. Just past that, you can see several machines flying in the air um, about what about the size of um, a large helicopter, but they're not helicopters. Um, they're winged vehicles of some sort. Um, the planes that you are used to seeing are, you know, biplanes with the rotor on the front. Um, this is a, a similar shape um, in the body of the plane to what you are seeing. There is a, a clear mound um, at the top, uh, like you assume where the pilot would be, um, but the wings themselves are vibrating um, very quickly as if flapping um, and keeping these flying machines afloat in the air. Do they look mechanical or organic? Roll perception. Four. The body of the plane, there, there are parts of it that are obviously mechanical. Um, there are some metal bands um, that kind of, uh, it looks like, you know, keep sections of the body together. But the wings um, and the structure itself seem to be organic in some way. It's, it's, it's a combination of the two. It reminds you of kind of a, an, an insect-bird combination. The body is wide at the front and narrows down to the tail with a with a tail fin, um, but the the fin on the tail almost is sectioned, and from this distance, almost looks like it could be scales or feathers of some sort. The wings are are beating so fast that it's hard to see the shape of them, but you can see the motion and you can hear the wind um, as it is. I want to use telepathy to try to determine um, what life there is. If there are creatures in it, or if it is a creature. Absolutely. Roll telepathy. If I rolled one and it says 16, does that count as a success? 
<laughs> I think you're rolling the wrong die, sir. All right. I got four with two sixes and a six. So I got five. Yes. Inside every one of these, you can sense a living being and each one of them is a is a different is in a different emotional state. The one furthest off to your right is kind of curious. The one on your right inside that one is very calm. Um, the first one on your left is um, frustrated, and the one furthest to your left um, is angry. Okay. Um, they are they are hovering in place. Um, are you are you going outside? Are you staying inside? They've already shown aggression. Um, no. I don't know that they bombed me. You you don't you don't see any. It's it's not like it's not like there was an impact in the house of a bombing. Um, oh, okay. I don't know what it is. There was just there was an impact. I got you. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside. Okay, inspect. You you go outside um, onto the patio. the The four vehicles, the four flying vehicles, stay right in place. And then as you walk further out um, onto further out towards the edge of this patio area, all four of them um, turn their position and lower into a, a line so that they're all lined up directly in front of you. Um, and they are all facing directly at you. They don't move forward. They don't, they're not necessarily forming up, but it is a little. I pee a little bit. Yeah, probably. From your left, you see someone or something, a winged creature of some sort um, comes swooping in. Um, under their line, under the line of the flying vehicles that are there, um, and swings out, makes a big turn, and starts flying toward you on the patio. They are bright red. Okay, I want to use mind control to make them stop. Okay, roll mind control. And I think I'm trying to control the, the beast, not the occupant. So you're trying to control the the red winged person thing that is coming yeah. at you? Okay, that's what I that's what I assumed. Four, four. Well, let's roll some willpower and see. So, tell me what happens. I only rolled one success in willpower. Nice. Uh, so, so this thing uh, makes a giant swoop. It it flies up in the air, and it reminds me of king when king swoops through a room no it doesn't remind me of shit because i haven't seen that um never mind that thought it reminds me the player of king right well and it, it can remind cotton of you know maybe the stories that you have been told yeah or the, yeah yeah, or the yeah pictures that you have seen i imagine king doing the same swooping motion and here here it comes it lowers itself as if it's coming possibly to attack i'm still not sure i put my hand on my forehead and ball my other fist to focus and I see myself in the mind of this other creature and I give it the instruction to stop immediately in place and it stops on a dime. So this this creature is just flapping its wings or does it drop out of the sky? 
It's just flapping its wings. Okay. So it just sits there, you know, maybe 50, 60 yards out from you and um, is just flapping its wings. You can see uh, better of its form now that it has pulled back. Um, it appears to have black tipped, you know, the, the, all of the red feathers appear to have black tips on them. And the facial structure seems bird-like to you. Okay. From behind you, out of the house, um, you hear you hear the glass door um, that was you know that goes into the kitchen. You hear the glass door open, and um, you hear footsteps from behind you. And there is a voice. I, you must be Cotton. Yes, I am Cotton. Who are you? I'm Pound. 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 Yes, I'm Pound. Got it. It is this uh, a little bit taller than you. Probably, you know, just over six feet tall um, in the similar set of armor to what you saw Star wearing. Um, although it's not as dark in color, it's more of a bluish. Uh, but those same kind of veins of that of that purple crystal throughout and um, Pound reaches out his hand to you. And there are three fingers on his hand, very long and extended. And there's almost like these fine suction cups on the end of his fingers. Um, he has this very, what you would say is like an amphibious kind of creature's face, maybe salamander-ish, um, kind of frogish. These these two very large eyes um, off the side of, of its temples, um, this wide mouth. Um, and as he talks, you can see his this big, wide pink tongue that, you know, is constantly seems to be licking his lips. It is such... A pleasure to have you here. Pound. Are these my friends in the sky? Um, yes. Yes, coming. Uh, this is our friend Push coming to greet you. We we got message from Star that we had uh, that we had a connection to Typhus. So we are excited. Yes. Uh, your Typhus uh, on my planet. We call him King. And uh, he and I are closer than you could imagine. Well, then I guess we are brothers. And he goes to wrap his long arms and hands around you as if to hug you. Gross. Wonderful. I hug him back. His face is a, is a little bit like sticky against the side of your face as you hug. Ugh. And he licks his lips and, and pulls back from you and claps you on both shoulders with both hands. He's getting ready to eat you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Perfect. He claps you on both shoulders and says, we must feast. Wonderful. Let's do it. I'm in. And he turns around um, to go back inside. You see him. He touches um, like a spot on his left wrist um, and his whole left arm, the, the lines of crystal in his left arm kind of, you know, give that faint glow. And you see the four, uh, the four flying machines. Um, they spin a 180 and they lift up in the air um, and come back toward the house. And that same sound that you heard that woke you up, you hear it. You hear it happen four more times. Boom, 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 boom. And then the wind subsides um, and push is still there in the air. Let's see what his willpower roll is this time. Zero successes to get out of your mind control. I lift my hand up to gesture and try to transfer uh, my equivalent of a mental apology and release him. 
he immediately, you know what I mean, drops down and swoops and and flies straight into the patio and lands um, and walks into the building, walks into the kitchen with you both as um, as Pound is going around this kitchen area and opening cabinets and drawers and pulling out implements. And um, he swings a door open and grabs some ingredients, maybe. You're not real sure. There's some green and some orange and some bright purple and um, like a really dark, dark red thing. Not necessarily things that you are familiar with. Um, one of the things looks like a like a big potato, maybe. You know, the, there are some leafy things, but they're different colors and shapes than you are used to. Um, constantly licking his lips. I should be careful. Uh, push. I, I'm not familiar with the diet of this planet. I want to make sure I don't have a, a reaction. A reaction? I don't want to... Uh, I, at least on Earth, some people have sensitivity to some foods, and they can become ill. I, I would hate to have that outcome. I hadn't even thought of that. Well, I guess we can get you something from the generator. Uh, do you know how to use the generator? I was there when it was used. I'm not sure I can do it, but I'm up for it. Oh, oh, you pound grabs you by the by the hands and turns your wrists over and you're not wearing anything on your wrists. And so he's like, hey, push, go get him the activation and push walks up and dude, cotton, right? Right. Here, come with me. Welcome to Pound Town. <laughs> you should eat what they're cooking. You don't know you'll react to it. You eat soup out of a bag. I've recently heard Pound Town as I'm about to have sex. I'm about to go to Pound Town. Is that the reference you were trying to make? <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, that's I, what he, uh, he's getting I, I, ready for. I'm pretty I sure. I think he's going to try to fuck me? Mm-hmm. Wow. The way he's, like, licking his lips and touching you all the time, trying to, like, get you, like, fat and, like, Full and sleepy, and then he's gonna fucking. He's gonna fuck me. Then he's gonna fuck you. Wow, Cotton, you follow Push um, out of the room to your left, um, down a hallway, and it opens up into um, another room, a very similar in size. Um, the walls are this same kind of, you know, shiny stainless steel, and. He, Push walks up to the wall, and you see that shimmer come across a section of the wall, and um, the the wall slides back as if, you know, there's a hidden cabinet behind it or something. And inside there, you see several sets of this armor. Um, you see what you assume are some bracelets. Um, there are some swords. Um, there is what you think might be some kind of guns um, in multiple shapes and forms. Many of them, almost every one of the guns, the, the, the thing that you ties them all together is there's a section. Um, actually, you know what? Roll intellect for me. All right. Uh, zero. There's a section of each gun that has this kind of clear round cylinder on it. And it seems familiar to you, but I think your absent-mindedness yep. um, comes into play here. And so you you don't connect those dots. Um, I'm going to give you a point of resolve for that. And 
push um, reaches in and grabs one of the bracelets. Um, it appears it's this. It's a very similar color to Star's armor. It's that dark brown, almost black, and it has um, two crisscrossing veins of that of that purple, purple. crystal in it. And he hands it over to you. Put this on whichever wrist you like. Um, it'll actually allow you access to, well, many things in this house. There's a bunch of stuff you'll probably never use, but it does pinch a little, um, and it might make you feel a little weird for the first little bit of time that you're wearing it. Um, but you'll you'll have access to the now system. Um, so go ahead. Uh, push. While we're in here. Would you be opposed to me having a weapon for protection while I'm here? Uh, what are you looking for? I mean, I, I'm out of my element and I, you know, I just, I have this sneaking suspicion that we may run into conflict and it wouldn't hurt my feelings to be protected. Uh, sure. You want, uh, you know what I mean? Do you, do you want something that's, that's quick and fast? Do you want something that, you know, like, a more of a, a, a rifle kind of thing or, you know, what, what is it that you're, what, what are you, what are you most familiar with? Something quick, like a pistol. He reaches up and uh, grabs this piece that um, it's pretty blocky. Um, you know, it's maybe five inches long. Um, and that's what she maybe, said. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe an inch and a half deep. It has a series of um, very short, well, I, I say short. It has a series of um, four round little purple crystals um, on the back side of it, and he hands it to you. It says pound pound. It it inscribed, yeah, inscribed in the in in one of the sides of it. Um, it says pound town. Nice. And he says, "Here, um, this this is probably the easiest one to operate for you. Make sure that you have your bracelet on, though, or it won't work." All you got to do, and he he taps the the top crystal, and you you can feel the um, you can feel the the weapon start to vibrate a little bit, almost like a cell phone buzzing in your hand. And he and he says, you 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 tap that first one to activate it, and then the second one will send out like a like a charge that'll stun people. It 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 doesn't it doesn't go very far. You got to be pretty close to him to use that part of it. Um, if you tap that second one, um, it'll it'll shoot out a pulse that that should at least knock somebody down. It might kill them, you know, depending upon where you hit them with it. That third button, you you really better make sure that you know what you're doing and that you're aiming at the right person, um, and that you hold on pretty tight because it's gonna shoot out it's gonna shoot out a pulse that will definitely kill whoever you're aiming at. Okay, so top button turns it on. Second buttons for stunning. Third buttons that pulse that'll knock somebody over, maybe knock them unconscious. It might kill them. And that third button, that's for taking them out for sure. Thank you. This gives me a lot of security. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. Cotton puts on the the bracelet, squirms a little bit when it pinches, and uh, tucks the tucks the gun in his waistband and follows push out the room. You put the bracelet on, and you feel the pinch. And as you are walking out of the room. Just for a split second, your vision kind of, you ever had a migraine mm -hmm. where you, you know what I mean? The outside of your vision starts to go wavy 
And then eventually you're just down to like this pinpoint that you can see clearly with while the waves in your eyes. It's almost mm. like that, right? So your eye, so your vision goes wavy for just a split second. And then you hear, Welcome, Wayfinder. And your vision is clear and you're following push. I just kind of look over my shoulders just to make sure there's not somebody walking up behind me. There is no one walking up behind you. Okay. You come back into the kitchen area and Pound is moving very quickly and he's all over the place and he's already got a you know a couple of pots on and you you can um you can hear some water boiling and and he's um he's tearing apart the the green leafy stuff with his hands um shredding it up with his hands and um that potato looking thing has been um broken open and torn into uh several large pieces um and he he rips an end off of off of this red kind of um ball essentially you know what i mean it almost looked like a really big grapefruit except bright red but when he when he goes to you know when he goes to put his fingers on it and rips a little piece off um it comes off almost like like if you were to tear a piece off a sponge ball um you know he he rips this section off of it and he tastes it and he throws his head back he's like oh my god it's so good so good cotton gotta get a piece of this and he rips another piece off and, and holds it out to you. Um, how do I know it's safe to eat? I, you'll know it's safe when you eat it, I guess. I mean, I ate it. If I'm about to die, somebody better help me out. Cotton grabs a hunk of it and, and tastes it. It is, it is a new set of flavors for you, but it's still familiar. It's like a, it's like a carrot, but sweeter but the texture is almost like um like cotton candy there's no crunch to it it just kind of melts in your mouth um it's not sweet like candy but you know what i mean so so your brain is kind of i think maybe having some issues trying to wrap you know you're trying to wrap your head around this new experience but it is absolutely delicious and he continues you know pound continues to to cook in the kitchen and making a meal after a few minutes, push, you see the you see the veins in his armor light up really bright. And Pound stops what he's doing, and his and the veins in his armor light up really bright. And Pound turns to you and puts a hand out to you and says, Get ready. Get ready. Alright. I pull the gun out and I look around trying to observe, uh, inspect and see what variables have changed. You hear from outside the building um, a, um, a, a very high-pitched whistling. And across the horizon, you see several glowing um, spheres that are arcing down toward the city. Pound grabs hold of you. Those sons of bitches! And you guys take off deeper into the house. You were literally just picked up by Pound. He's not even letting you run with him. He's just got you in his arms and is running down the hallway. And these massive long strides of these amphibian-like legs. Um, you pass through one door and pass through another door and up a set of stairs. Um, and then out onto a veranda where these four um, flying vehicles are. And you can see, as you get up on, on top of the building, you can see more of these spheres coming in from... Well, you have no idea if it's north, south, east, or west. 
um, from three different directions, and there are probably 12 or 16 of them flying through the air um, in these massive long arcs um, and headed down into Bright Anchor. You should have got a bigger gun. Well, I get what I get. As, as Pound approaches um, one of the vehicles, the dome that was on top slides back and, and opens up, and he he pitches you up into um, into the seat um, and says, head down into the belly. And you can see that there's just a, a very narrow little thing that you can slide off the seat and slide down into a seat underneath. Is the, Are the outside walls of this clear? No. I can't see out of it. There is a, so there is a, a panel um, in front of both seats with some various um, like buttons, I guess is what you would say. They, they look like some various buttons um, and there are two screens built into um, this area in front of your chair. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Let's do this. Come on, get a move. And you slide down, get in the chair. He jumps into the chair above you and you hear that that beating, you know what I mean? You hear you hear the wind very quickly and whew, your stomach lurches as you take off into the air. Your entire display in front of you lights up um, and the two screens in front of you um, show you uh, show you a 180 degree view of where you are sitting. I'm sure I'm experiencing G-forces I've never experienced before. Yes. I need you to roll toughness, please. Okay. Hot dice. Four twos. Yes. Four twos? Perfect. Yes. Um, so you hold your vomit in without issue. Have you ever flown before? Uh, cotton? Yeah. Yeah, he flew, but I'm not often, like once or twice. Been in a plane once or twice? Yeah. Okay. Wait, when when were planes invented? Uh, I think the Wright brothers went up in 1907. Well, maybe not then. I don't know. There wouldn't. I don't know how quickly they would have developed like commercial travel. Probably not that fast. 1903. Well, it, it, you know what I mean. Spirit of St. Louis was what 1927. So, um, we're not there yet. No, we're not there yet. But I mean, planes weren't uncommon at this point. World War One okay. made okay. a huge. You know what I mean? And he, came, he came from money, so he he may have had a flight or two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think it's perfectly reasonable that he that he may have been up in an airplane at one point yeah. or another. And plus, Cotton's a fucking daredevil, so he probably sought right. it out. Right. Cool. Yeah. The original Wright Flyer top speed was thirty miles an hour. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Can you imagine flying thirty miles an hour? That's even scarier. Right. Instead of four hundred miles an hour or whatever right. it is. Push. I feel the need. The need for speed. You're with Pound. Well, tell Push that when you see him next, Pound. Because I can't remember any of your fucking names. Hit <laughs> him wrong every time. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh. So, you are... And you hit the G-forces and are flying out very quickly. Your view in front of you, the city is is spread out below you and out past the city with the vision that you have um, with the screens in front of you is this wide open desert and you can see these spheres that are arcing down into the city almost like artillery. Um, the the city itself you see come to life. There are 
multiple areas where you you see things start flying up and out of buildings, off of tops of buildings, out the sides of buildings. Um, you see um, you see some buildings themselves that seem to turn um, and open. And while you don't necessarily, it's not like there's a swarm of things that flies out of them. You 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 see some kind of transformation happening within the city itself. Um, the three large golden buildings that that are the obvious monuments or no, that's not the right word. Um, centerpieces. God, that's not the right fucking word either. Um, landmarks. You see the, the three large golden buildings that are the obvious landmarks here in Bright Anchor. You see a, a shimmer um, around all three of them that happens. Um, and all of this is, you know, very as you are flying extremely fast out and past the city and out into the desert. Pound says, Cotton, you got a blue button, you got a yellow button. When you see any of those bastards, hit the blue button. Don't hit the yellow button, all right? All right. Yellow button's only if we get in trouble. The yellow button will get you out of here. Got it. You fly out into the city, um, and you have no idea how far out you have gone but it isn't long before you see a line of black somewhere out in the sand in the distance. And from that line, there's almost like dust rising in the desert. And then you see four more of those spheres come launching out from behind that black line. Roll perception. Uh, nothing. Zero? Zero. Okay. Yeah, it's just, I, I think you are so overwhelmed with all of the newness and the flying so fast and the G-force and all of those things that it's, maybe it's hard for you to just comprehend. From that black line, you see several shapes lift up and they come to a level about what seems even with where you guys are flying across and they start moving in your direction. What do you do? I want to use mind control to try to control these things, assuming that they're similar to the vehicle we're in. Okay. Roll mind control. Six. Um, I rolled one six. Okay. One success. Yes. You will be able to mind control three of the pilots of these other vehicles. What is it? Give me, give me what happens. Narrate the scene. Cotton sees the image on the screen, closes his eyes and the, the spheres keep moving in his field of vision behind his eyelids as he focuses on the minds of these creatures, crawls inside of them, and directs three of them to find their nearest buddy and crash into them at high speed. Three crash into three, and in three balls of fire, they tumble to the ground. Nice. As they go careening toward the ground, um, you see these plumes uh, of dust and sand that come bursting up out of the ground with, you know what I mean, with a pillar of smoke and fire. Um, and that black line, you can now see it start to waver and move a little bit. It's probably ground troops, infantry of some sort. You continue flying forward. You lurch to the left. You lurch back to the right. The the other flying machines um, that you just destroyed, the, the ones that are left, um, are coming at you, and you 
in your screen, you can see these bursts of uh, yellow that come out of them in your direction. I need you to roll toughness as you as you begin to barrel roll um, and straight up into the and, and fly straight up into the air as you barrel roll. One. You throw up in your mouth a little bit. <clears throat> Ugh, gross. I hate that sound. You swoop back down and you can feel from the from the vehicle itself. You can feel the ve- the vehicle almost as if you are firing some sort of weapon and you hear pound blue. I mash the blue button. Um, I want you to roll 10 D6, please, and tell me how many successes you get. All of them. Jesus Christ. Um, I am rolling for shit. Five. Yes. Um, I got zero successes, so tell me how you take out um, two of the incoming flying vehicles. I, I mash the blue button like I'm trying to beat the boss on Mario Brothers, and out comes... Some projectile, I don't even know what it is, out the front of the machine that we're flying in. Too many unknowns. And comes and hits hits one directly, uh, splits it in half, and hits the one right behind it with the same projectile. And they both go down in flames. You hear a voice. You take to this nicely, Wayfinder. Thank you. I do my best. Battle ensues all around you. You are now flying in and out of the airspace of this opposing army um, as they are trying to assault Bright Anchor from the outside. Fuck me. You going to Pound Town? I'm headed to Pound Town, baby. (laughs) So you swoop down. Um, You are flying over the troops themselves. Blue! Come on! Blue! Blue. Mash the button. Mash the button. Roll 10d6, please. Oh, my God. One success, and it's a six. Six. Two successes, and the next one is a six. Two successes. Okay. Um, So, as you guys swoop down over the infantry itself, you see a bunch of people on foot. Um, You see several that ground vehicles of some sort. They... I don't know. They look like they're lumbering, maybe on legs, not wheels. You're not really sure. Um, you're flying really, really fast, and it's all alien to you. So it's it's hard for you to pick up on it all and get all the details. But as you hit the blue button, you see just, again, more pillars of fire and smoke, and um, you see bodies just blasted out from in front of you as you fire these uh, these purple pulses down at the incoming army. You swoop back up again, um, and Cotton, I want you to roll... Roll 8d6 for me, and tell me how many successes you get. Five. Five. Perfect. So describe for me the maneuvers of this flying vehicle and where you end up in this battle scene. I, I need to, I, I don't have the right picture in my mind. Are we talking about 200 troops, 2,000 troops, or 200,000 troops? Like, what am I seeing? It's probably, it's probably between ten and 12,000 troops on the ground. Um, oh, wow. With maybe 100 vehicles of some sort um, between, uh, between the rovers um, and, and the launchers. Um, gotcha. Am I taking anything out? Yes. You tell you tell me what happens. Okay. 
All right. You can't kill um, everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. I hit a pulse and it hits this giant tank. Everybody is dead. Um, and it causes this chain reaction. It's <laughs> funny. All right. Well, so we're we're flying down. We do the arc and the dip, just like just like the one machine creature was doing when it seemed to threaten me. And we come down ground level, face to face, and we're just going like breaking land speed records on the ground. And I'm hitting that blue button, jamming that blue button as fast as I can, and just tearing a path, a, a, a vertical path across the landscape. And as we're flying through, I'm clearing one row, and the two rows beside that guy are just kind of bouncing off the edge of, of the machine. And we roll out and clear out easily 50 um, are dead or injured before we basically go straight up into the atmosphere uh, to retreat and regroup and come back and try again. Hell yeah. You swing back around and I'm going to roll some dice and I want you to roll 8d6 again, please. I got a five. I got two. Okay. So you are flying up and you feel the impact of something against um, against your own flying machine um and as you as you, you as you feel that rumble in the plane um you swoop down and to the left and and cut back up and around what do you do all right another pass here what another are we doing? pass you tell me what are we doing all right we come up we feel impact um we basically let the force of gravity propel us back toward the ground. We begin to accelerate, and I'm just jamming the blue button, holding the blue button down, taking out as many guys as I can on the way to the ground. And as we approach the ground, um, I want to attempt uh, mind control on the front row of, of enemies. Okay, roll mind control. Oh, uh, well, that didn't work as well as I wanted it to. I got a three. Um, I, yeah. Um, I rolled four successes on four dice for those minions. And um, so I think I think you're just you're moving too fast and, and there's so much stimulus and um, and everything that it's just uh, maybe the distance, maybe you're too far away. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're not able to you're not able to gain um, hold uh, within their minds. OK, I want you to roll 8d6 for me, please. One, two, three with a six. Three. I also got three. So no harm. Um, you you feel impacts again. You know what I mean? As the as the plane lurches a little bit, and this time you spin down into the right and swoop back in. Um in front of you, you can see again some 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 of the infantry, some of the vehicles, and, and some of the artillery, um, some of the launchers that are um out at the back of this uh this army's area you can see several of the flying machines you know in that come in and out of your view as you're inside this dogfight what do you do mash the blue button my attempt is to focus on taking out the largest number of people as possible so we're swooping down we're we're using blunt force and we're spraying this pulse across the land 
Um, roll those dice. Eight or eight or ten. Ten. Four. Four successes. Yes. I got one, two, with a six, and a five. So two successes. Um, so you narrate. Tell me what happens. Pound is is toggling the steering wheel left, right, left, right, left, right, and I'm holding down the pulse, and we're just we're spraying a path about a thirty degree wedge into the first several rows of this group, and clearing out as many as we can, easily easily twenty or thirty defeated, killed. Nice. Um, you finish that swoop down. You know what I mean? Again, blasting um, into this into this crowd of of um, soldiers and fly on past. Bank to the left hard, and you you are you bank to, you bank hard to the left, and you can see bright anchor in front of you. And as you as you turn and and are looking at the screens, you see the first of those glowing spheres come down and impact the city. And there is a just a split second where it seems like time stops. And then there is a rushing wave of dust that you see come out from the impact site and a plume of smoke and fire comes up and it grows and grows and grows and goes beyond the height of the three golden towers and continues on above that. And then you see the second glowing sphere impact in a different part of the city as you are making this turn and the same thing happens there and the the wave of dust after the impact and the plume of fire and smoke that grows out sand turned to glass the exterior walls um, of bright anchor two massive holes are blown in each side of them you see these impacts and then just as fast you are you are passed and you are turned and you are flying back toward um, this this opposing army and this infantry. What do you do? I'm raging out. I'm, all I can do is attempt to mind blast the whole lot of these motherfuckers. I want Holding you to blue button and I I'm, want you to roll willpower, please. Yes. One. You hear that same voice um, that you heard when you put the bracelet on your liberation is upon you wayfinder and the flash of white the face of star well the masked face that you are used to seeing Mm -hmm. and you are falling and you land on top of a crate Renaissance City is a Prowlers and Paragons actual play produced by TTRP Theater. TTRP Theater is a group of actors, artists, and gamers from all walks of life that collaborate to bring you compelling content. Chris Freedom plays Cotton Dearborn. I am Duke Walter, your Game Master. A big thank you to our Patreon patrons, producers of our little theater, Tidorf, Adam, Chaotic Story, Ben, Chris, Matt, Thea, Matthias, Izzy, Mr. Cultist, David, M. Lemadi, and Jess, 
We cannot thank you enough for your support. If you would like to become a producer of our little theater, please search TTRP Theater on Patreon. We are at RenCityPod, R-E-N-C-I-T-Y-P-O-D, on Twitter. For all of our content, please visit TTRPTheater.com or search TTRP Theater on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time in Renaissance City. 